Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You found Atomic Android Radio. Hello and welcome to In Universe, where we talk the ins and outs and all our favorite fictional universes. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. And today we're talking about Stephen King. Whoa. Whoa! The boards are going for books this time. It's not even October. No, it's it's they're not fucking movies. Month. You think we're going to talk about the book? I mean, we are going to talk about the books, but it's the fucking move. You're There's arguing movies. with yourself. You're yeah, the no. one who said both points. <laughs> anyways what's your favorite stephen king book slash movie slash story uh book slash movie slash story it doesn't have to be both a book yeah i was gonna say those things that have different answers for a lot of them um as far as movie goes probably the shining i mean like i know Stanley kubrick was awful on the set of that and just genuinely a really bad person. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not like, no. oh, my God, what a great man. But that yeah. movie is good. Yeah, no, I'm a real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm a real guy who's like, yes, I can separate work from the artist. Right, and at a certain point, that's fine. But, like, at, a, at another point, like, well, hey, Oh, it's yeah, not no. If, one thing I think about is, is this person for one it's how much of an actual asshole are they are if they were just kind of a dick then yeah whatever but it's is this person benefiting from me enjoying this media like if i'm if they're still alive and i'm buying the books and movies and they're getting right 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 um but if not i'm usually cool with it if they're just kind of an asshole i'm usually cool with it but if they're like i don't know Kubrick was more than just kind of an asshole. Like he genuinely just abused that poor lady. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say it like woman abuser. Yeah, that's fucked. But but he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> I should have thought of that <laughs> point first because I was just gonna say I could fucking watch that movie for free. <laughs> but yes, he's dead, so he's not gonna be getting any of my money. That all aside. That big little uh, disclaimer we gave to justify liking this film. It's uh, a really it's good Genuinely movie. a very yeah. good film. Like, like, he's an awful person, but a very good director. Jack Nicholson kills it. Pun not intended, but appreciated the <laughs> entire film. Oh, yeah. No, that's the... That movie is one that you could just... You general, genuinely believe this guy's losing his fucking oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And it's... Jack Nicholson is always kind of seems like he's there. Yeah, anyway. he kind of seems like he's a bit nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Like he's he's a great actor, but those are the kind of he's a weird case of being typecasted without actually being typecasted. Like he only does big characters with a lot of expression and emotion, but like um, even in comedic roles, that tends to be what he does. Like in uh, anger management where he's 
ostensibly not losing his mind he's just an angry person Mm -hmm. who's trying to help other angry people yeah but he acts a lot like he still acts almost like completely unhinged yeah (laughs) well again the stanley kubrick caveat comes from like shelly duvall she has amazing performance throughout the whole film she genuinely seems scared and terrified oh yeah she seems fucking terrified and it's because she was yeah (laughs) because Kubrick was awful. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> but like, it's still very good. Yeah, no, it's very good. One thing about that movie, and uh, I, I, I don't want this sounding uh, weird. <laughs> don't. Yeah, no, that. Okay, when I preference it like that, um, there's something about having a cute kid as a star that makes me really worried they're gonna die. And this kid is like fucking a little button of a boy. Yeah. Oh, man. That just reminds me of like the idea that this film is part of like the conspiracy of the moon landing. Well, oh, I don't I didn't know you hadn't heard this, but um, so obviously there's the conspiracy theory that we never went to the moon and that the footage was was staged. Yeah, uh-huh. we never went to the moon and the footage was staged. I'm uh, with you. Yeah, you get the concept. Um, but well, a lot of people in that circle believe that Stanley Kubrick is the one who did that footage for NASA. <laughs> uh, and the idea is that he hid references to that in The Shining <laughs> for a nebulous reason that I don't really get. That's, that's one thing that, that fucking drives me nuts with conspiracy theories is the whole, oh, they're teasing us. They they want us to figure it out. Yeah. They, they want us to think we're going, like, people think we're crazy. But look, they're telling us the truth right here. And it falls into two different categories within the conspiracy realm. It's either, which neither of these hold any water, really. But I'd say of them, the better of them is something uh, called predictive programming mm-hmm. when in conspiracy circles, which is the idea that they, they, the nebulous they that always does these things. Uh, the, the elite. Usually. Yeah, the elite, the them, just whoever it is, that boogeyman. Um, sometimes it's the government, sometimes the government's fighting them. It's a whole deal. But um, that they'll sprinkle these sorts of references and clues and 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 prophecies or or hints of what's to come mm-hmm. specifically because you'll be like oh i recognize that from this movie and either nebulously be more accepting to it or will call people crazy when they say oh it's like this and you're like well that's just like this movie yeah, to, to no, dismissively it's... take that away um which seems a tad circular to me that it seems like that comes from a place of I'm being dismissed because I the things I'm saying are from movies <laughs> and trying to twist that on its head to be like, no, 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 no. You're the one who's wrong <laughs> for saying that the things I'm saying comes from movies. You're proving my point. Right. There's a bit of circular logic yeah, there. Uh, the other camp is um, the idea that the they, the elite, they need you to know. The idea of like, it's like a like a Loki, Thor, a Joker, Batman. The mischievous <laughs> evil figure needs you to know that they're doing this to you because they like it. I guess it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't they, seem they, to serve it, any it purpose. Yeah, it makes them happy. I guess, <laughs> and that's just something I don't understand. Like, you think at that scale, you'd kind of just have to be more practical. Yeah, no. You that's... don't get cartoonishly villainous in real life. As much as I would love that, as much as I wish the world was more interesting based on that kind of stuff, it just doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't. Like, like real-life conspiracies don't act like that. Like, Iran-Contra was a real-life conspiracy. You know, the government conspired to sell drugs and weapons and in this cycle to help the revolutionaries, the Sandinistas, that's real. And it's not cartoonish. They didn't hide information or clues or anything. It just happened. And then they found out about it and got in trouble. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's all very practical when it can be. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be. Right. But Because it's a business. 
but anyways, we could save that for a conspiracy theories <laughs> episode. Uh, my point being, uh, there are clues in the film. Clues, I say, with a grain of salt. Uh, like Danny wears a uh, like a sweater with an embroidered uh, space shuttle on it because he's a little boy, Who and little boys space love space because yeah. space is cool. Um, and at one point, he gets picked up while wearing that jacket straight up, and people see that and they're like. Yes, see a fake shuttle being lifted <laughs> up like the fake shuttle being lifted up. And it's a strange intersection of, of, of the moon landing was fake and movies that just doesn't come up enough, I don't think. It's just very funny to me. Look, it's pretty good. And it's, it's obvious. It's right there. They're <laughs> fucking twiddling their mustaches being like, <laughs> we got you. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's something that is, it's, I don't understand why, is my big thing, I guess. No, yeah, look, that's understandable. Um, one thing about The Shining, which uh, I don't know if, uh, I, I, I can't say if this is fully true or not, because I haven't read The Shining yet, but I do hear that's one of the big ones of the the movie was actually better than the book yes i've read both i've read the book and i've seen the film and the book is good it is but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of sort of superfluous stuff to it which look if you read king you're gonna just see a lot of his books are usually massive and they're full with detail and sometimes detail is great but sometimes detail can get in the way of the story um which you don't get as much in the Shining film because it's a visual medium. Instead of having pages describing the Overlook, you get to see the Overlook and stuff of that nature. Oh, yeah. And it's so freaking beautiful. Those, oh, those, yeah. Those freaking... Those uh, iconic floors. Yeah. And, the, the panning shots like overhead. Like if it wasn't for being haunted and making you go crazy... That seems like an amazing hotel to stay at. Yeah, no. Especially it, it if you get nice. to stay in it essentially by yourself. One thing that does bug me about that is um, the whole. Uh, it, it's it's a really pretty shot and everything of like the. I, I want to call it a drone shot, but I. I it's probably a helicopter shot helicopter at the time, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Uh, of the Overlook Hotel. And there is no giant hedge maze. Oh yeah! So the giant hedge maze just pops out of nowhere at the end. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is that the tad of a plot hole or whatever. Well, uh, my theory ghost is maze. that there ghost maze. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fucking maze. There at never all. was a maze. It's all in the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're talking about The Shining, I think it's um a good time to then segue it from there into. Dr. Sleep, which oh, was yeah. uh, relatively recently at time of recording, mm-hmm. came I out. I think it was like a, like a year, year ago, ago, about maybe a bit more. Um, starring Ewan McGregor uh, as Danny Torrance, you know, the, the kid from mm-hmm. the first one. I still uh, haven't seen this movie. Oh, you haven't? I didn't know that. No, I still haven't seen it. It's genuinely pretty good. Like, I, I won't, there's not a whole lot to spoil, so to speak, mm-hmm. but um, I will say that it's, it's obviously a different kind of movie than The Shining. Like, if you walk into it expecting The Shining again, that's yeah. not the kind of movie it is. In fact, it's a, it's a lot closer to, like, a like a thriller, almost superhero movie kind of deal with a lot less stakes and a lot less yeah, okay. that kind of stuff. But that is closer to the kind of film experience you'll get. Uh, one thing I'll say um, that isn't a spoiler, and in fact, I think it's something you should hear about before you watch it, because it's a little jarring while you watch it. Um, instead of like CG de-aging or just making them wholesale like uh, Carrie Fisher in Star Wars, um, they just got actors who kind of look like Jack Nicholson oh, yeah. and Shelley no, Duvall. I, I, I've seen that. that um, I, I've seen like pictures and videos of that and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it seems weird at first, but when you're actually watching the movie, I think it's the right choice because... You see them a lot and you get a lot of like really close up shots. And if they were CG, it would almost, for me at least, it would pull me out of the movie more 
than them just being actors who kind of look like it and are doing a good job. Like they're yeah, good actors. No, that that's fair. Um, it it probably was. Um, was it like? Is it flashbacks of when he was like a kid? Uh, the the movie kind of starts off with that kind of stuff. It's flashbacks back to the mm-hmm. Overlook and when they just got out of the Overlook and like mem- like remembering that kind of stuff. Uh, and then at one point, the Jack Nicholson actor, the guy who's who's playing um, Jack, I guess, um, he comes back at one point, and it's it's actually a very good scene too. He uh, okay. he comes back as. Um, in the first one, there's the, the bartender, right? Who's mm-hmm. sort of an ambiguous sort of ghost devil type person. Uh, and in this one, Danny, when they go back to the Overlook, sits at that bar. And instead of that, uh, or an actor looking like that uh, guy, he looks like uh, Jack Torrance. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And it's a, the movie itself, while not being billed as sort of a horror movie, is really more of a psychological film as it really wants to discuss the nature of like generational trauma and alcoholism and, and all of that. And I think it, it really is better than it would seem. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I, I don't know. I was just asking if it's flashbacks because with stuff like that, my brain always wants to try to see if I like, there's an explanation somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like, this either if these are the less like scary moments or whatever he kind of in, exaggerates it in his kid's mind in the first one with his dad being like far more nuts looking and his mom way more terrified and everything mm-hmm. but then you would think if his dad's popping up as a little ghost vision he would that would be the exaggerated right although he's an adult now yeah, no, that's fair. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, we'll 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 move on because um. Yeah, no. You um, should though. It is good. If anybody listening hasn't seen it, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I, I probably watch them. I might watch them back to back now that I'm thinking about it. That's probably a decent way to watch these. Um, that's your favorite Stephen King movie. What's your favorite Stephen King book? Uh, favorite or Stephen King short book. story or short or story. Um. As far as the best writing, I'd probably go with The Body, the basis for the film Stand By oh, Me. Oh, yeah. That one, I think, has really good sort of just writing throughout because mm-hmm. uh, the characterization's done really well and the pacing's done really well. Uh, but as far as books that I enjoyed reading, um, I'd probably go with the first book in the Dark Tower uh Oh, saga! Yeah. No, I I always forget Dark Tower is Stephen King. Yeah, it, it but, barely feels like it. But it, I've I've been really wanting to get through the Dark Tower yeah. series, but I get around halfway through the second one, and it starts to feel like starts to feel a little bit like a chore, right? It starts to feel like you're putting a lot of effort. Like in you have to because I've heard where it ends up, and I'm like, man, I want to get to that. But what I'm at right now, like, I don't want to skip it because I don't want to be lost. But it also just will be. (laughs) Yeah. But it also feels like a lot of like effort to get through. But I really one of these days, I'm really going to fucking bug up. Force yourself through it. Get through it. Because like, like a lot of it later on sounds like crazy bonkers bullshit. But like for one. I'm all in for crazy. <laughs> for two, it just sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I don't know. Like I've gotten I've tried to read the whole series like a couple times and I get think to about the third book in third or fourth. I can't remember too mm-hmm. well right now um, when again. Yeah, you kind of hit that wall where it's like, man, I, it feels like I am wading through a bog mm-hmm. and it is getting deeper and deeper as I go and harder to keep moving. Um, but the first couple books. I'm, the one I remember the best is the first one, because that's the one I've had to read multiple yeah. times from trying to restart it. Um, it's really good. And like it, it has a whole lot of really good atmosphere work done, which oh yeah makes no, sense for Stephen King. Stephen it, King rules so that atmosphere. Um, but like the first line is something like, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's uh, the man in black fled through the desert 
and the gunslinger followed. Mm-hmm. And like that is a simple phrase and it, I'm probably almost definitely not doing it justice, but reading it is very like, wow, this feels like a, like a, like a story. I don't know. This is something that maybe not a whole lot of people will really get, but there's something where you can feel when you're reading it, ah, oh, this has and this probably will sound a bit pretentious, but this is literature as opposed to story. And that's a sharp line to draw, I know. Uh, And it's definitely just a feeling and nothing I can concretely point at. Mm -hmm. I I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's a line where you can read like, and that's not to say stories or books that aren't like that are bad. Like I've read all the Hunger Games books and they're pretty good, generally. Mm -hmm. Um, But none of them ever have writing in it where you can look at it and say wow this feels like literature yeah it's no. stuff like um i don't know call me ishmael in moby dick or uh the epitaphs in dune or even the small writings in the lord of the rings there's something about them that really jump out and hit you as wow this writing was crafted i yeah i I don't know if this is a good way of explaining it, but I think I know what you're getting. It, it's writing in a book or whatever that gives you the same feeling of like good poetry, but like yes, we're, as we're, yeah. a part of like a story, like as a greater whole. It's something you read in a book and you, after you finish reading that line, you realize you have goosebumps. Yes, that's that's a very good way of putting it. It's like... um. It's just something you feel. And obviously this, this is subjective. Yeah, uh, some yeah. books might make you feel that way and other ones won't. And that's just fine. Nobody's going to make you think that some, you like, if you like something, you like something. Yeah, Nobody's going to yeah. try to take that away from you. Or at least they shouldn't. Um, but there's, that's what I'm saying about like, and you get that a few times in Stephen King books, but there's something about the first Dark Tower book that really sort of hones in on it, I think. It's mm-hmm. it's the best, and it's something like The Stand, where it's like, um, which I think is often described, I, I want to say, even by the man himself, as his take on, a, on an epic like The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. which is good, and you get that, but it, it, even then, it's not quite as sharp. Like, that book, I do believe, begins with a few song lyrics from different songs, much like how the, the adaptations of it, I haven't seen the newer one. Honestly, I forgot it existed until I was talking about it right now. Um, <laughs> but the, the other one uh, begins with Don't Fear the Reaper, a song I love oh, by Blue yeah. Oyster Cult. I love that song. And it begins with that in much the same way the book begins with just a few lines from different songs. And I, a lot of those are songs I really like, like uh, one that stands out to me because of course it does, uh, is he quotes the line from Bruce Springsteen's song Jungle Land, uh, which is a song I love. Which is something Stephen King does a lot of, it feels like. He would just have, like, a quoted Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, which, like, as somebody who loves yeah. Bruce Springsteen, I really appreciate. Yeah, no. But, like, obviously, that's a song I really like, and that's a line I really like by an artist I really like, by an author I really like. So it has all the domino pieces falling down for it to give be something that, like, gives me goosebumps or feels like literature. But I'll be honest, it just kind of doesn't, really. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's like, um, but yeah, I, I get what you're yeah. talking about. And so that's what I'm, that's the, that by itself, that feeling condensed is the only reason I'm even, like I get tempted every week or so to be like, man, do I, is now the time when I want to try to chug through the Dark Tower series? <laughs> and it's that feeling is the only reason I really want to try. Yeah. Because everything no. else in the book is good, but it's very, um, it's very tropey. It's very sort of, and I get it, it's archetypal, I guess, which mm-hmm. is the, the uh, I don't know, nice way of saying tropey. Yeah. Um, but, and I understand that it's that way on purpose, but that doesn't mean it always works. Mm-hmm. Like it has all the pieces of things that I would just love. It's got magic and dimensions and, and references cowboys. to other. That's what I was, yeah, that's what yeah. I was building up to. I love cowboys <laughs> and the, the star of it is a gunslinger. And that just has me written all over it. From what I remember reading, the bits that talk about the lore around the gunslingers, I would sit there and be like, oh man, this sounds so bad. Like, this is such a cool, like, theme to have in a world. 
have you seen the Dark Tower movie with Idris Elba? No, I haven't. Um, I've seen. I think I've seen a couple of reviews of it, and I've seen like the Easter egg kind of stuff because uh-huh. it's like Stephen King Easter eggs. But I haven't seen the whole movie. It it's not good. Um, now that's not to say there aren't good parts of it. Uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey do very good jobs. I, They're good I thought actors. that was a really good choice for the Man in Black, though. Was Matthew McConaughey? Oh yeah, he's. He's great at it. And he's having a good time. Like, throughout mm-hmm. the movie, you can tell he's having fun being, like, a villain. Because he doesn't yeah, get no. pre- cast as villains all that often, which is a shame. I think he does a good job. Yeah, he kind of got a super villain vibe to him. <laughs> I can see that. Um, in a but, good way. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> in a great way. Uh, and Edge's Elba always does great. He's an amazing actor. Oh, yeah. And, and, he, and he takes, he elevates lines that probably should be really goofy to say. And he makes them sound cool. That's a big theme in Stephen King books is a lot of the dialogue or little bits of details. You're like, well, this is pretty goofy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But no, yeah. If there's anybody who, if like I was like, oh, who's a modern day cowboy? Idris Elba would probably be on that list. That's fair. Before seeing that, I probably wouldn't have put him on the list. One, because he's British, and oh, I don't, I don't right. associate British with cowboy no, for that, obvious uh, reasons. Yeah, no, I get um, that. He's British, and like he's very good looking in a way that is almost like, like antithesis of cowboy. Mm-hmm. Like, like obviously they're actors. Cowboy actors are good looking, but Idris Elba is good looking in a way that is like. I don't know, modern and stylish as opposed to rugged. Yeah, but no. he pulls it off too. In yeah, that no, that, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say he's got that really like he could really flip the line between um, like uh, fancy Yes, he's just as home as like a business suit and yes. a fancy fast car Dude, as he is on rugged a Rugged man's yes. man like very easily he he's he's very versatile that way i definitely agree and those two are definitely maybe the only good parts of that film um for the most part it's really just weird yeah which um it's it's weird to me that because i've heard that before that they are really good in the that film and everything and it's weird to me that if they're so good how bad must the rest of the film messed up <laughs> to because ruin that? In, yeah, in the book, that's kind of all that is oh, yeah. going on. It's the gunslinger, the man in black, and then um the kid. What's the kid's name? Um, I don't remember. Look, the movie wants to make him important, and so does the book. The book does a better job of it, but I can't remember his name. Yeah, the, the nondescript kid. Yeah, the he, from what it looked like at the trailers of the book. Well, I don't know where the uh, or the movie. I don't know where the book ended up, but in the book, it kind of seemed like this is just some kid. He like stumbled on and just kind of takes under his wing. But in the movie, it looked like this kid was like the really important with superpower. Yeah, which I don't know if that was the right choice. Like I get why, as a movie, you'd make that choice to give somebody to center the film on that like can Mm -hmm. ask questions and do all this and that and. They took out some of the parts of the book that I think are good to take out because they're really just weird for the sake of being weird. Like uh, there's a scene in the first book pretty early on, I believe, where while the gunslinger is searching for the man in black, he goes into a dusty little town um, and goes into their like saloon and and looks for a lady of the night Um, and specifically asks for and i'm not here to kink shame but asks for the fattest woman in the entire town and then the the books not quite graphically it doesn't get that bad but a little too graphic for comfort at least for me goes into his attraction of this woman oh, yeah no that's that's one thing about stephen king books that i also get a hang up on is, they're uncomfortably um, sexual a um, lot of the yeah, time there's a, he likes to go into sexual detail and it's very uncomfortable there's one that comes well yes very there's the obvious mind. one that is quite uh 
problematic we'll say (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's a big thing like um i i listen to audiobooks mostly uh because i could do other stuff while listening to them and i really like the narrators in them but uh i listen to whenever i listen to like a stephen king book i know my mom likes stephen king so like i want to recommend it to you <laughs> then i'll be listening to the book and be like oh my mom listened to this part. Oh. <laughs> but uh yeah that's one thing about stephen king like that's a weird thing that goes throughout a couple oh yeah and i think it's just him as a writer like that's just something he tackles a lot he Um, fucking loves i guess yeah i Uh, don't know but the fucking (laughs) you telling that part i think i remember that part but i just got the image in my head where he comes into the saloon and everything goes get on the counter and like the bartender's (laughs) like how could i help you and he's like i'm looking for women (laughs) he's like what kind and he's like chubby <laughs> <laughs> and the bartender just looks at him with like wide eyes as he spit shining a glass very uncomfortable uh, look um that's fair the book is a bit uncomfortable and i think th- that's not the only time that sort of thing comes up that's just the one that's easiest to remember mm-hmm. for me um <laughs> but yeah we should probably address the the elephant in the room it yes it all right i was gonna good book very good book i I was gonna bring this up as a part of my favorite books my favorite stephen king books uh they kind of flip-flop between salem's lot oh that's a good one pet cemetery and it pet cemetery uh, i'll I'll probably go into well we'll talk about yeah we'll just yeah jump into them uh it uh, I love the book. I a lot of a lot of people. That's one thing that we we were talking about. Where you're like, oh, sometimes the detail kind of inflates it and everything. I there's something about it where it goes just into like this deep behind the scenes lore of dairy that like I really yes. like I'm real into and I think is really ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Really interesting. I definitely agree. There's a there's a line there and it's it's sort of a line in the sand, but at, and obviously it's personal choice. But there's a line where it's like too much detail, you feel bloated, 
And the other one is like, oh, there's just enough detail with still some mystery here where it's almost like falling down like a like a wiki hole. And oh, you just yeah. want devour information and want more. And, and I then, think that's the line he always wants to stride. He, I think if I'm being generous as a writer, he always wants to fill into that spot, even though he sometimes falls into yeah, the other. No, that, that's fair. Um, he, and he does like a really good job, even though um, a lot of that book and uh, uh, this is when we had uh, Jackson on the podcast that he talked about uh what do you call it the idiot detective yes that was his concept of yeah. the, the idiot detective where i remember when i first read through that book i was like oh fuck i'm such a fucking baby genius connecting <laughs> these lines. like there's shawshank connections you're right there is um the guy i think from the shining the mm-hmm. um who was in the uh, ink spot i think it was yeah, called the that bar, was the bar the, yeah yeah that there is who eventually teaches danny the shining yeah i like that in that book and it where he like helps those people from the fire and like yeah he just kind of knew about it and it like saved these people and everything i was like oh shit that's because he's a little shine lad <laughs> um yeah no I, I get what you mean when you read it especially the younger you are but if you're familiar with king's work like mm-hmm. you def your your little idiot detective gets just like case after case closed yeah it feels really good to read that book to put those connections together but like i mean uh, no offense to anybody who thought they were but they're not necessarily hard oh, yeah, connections no, to miss like, like, like he'll just say shawshank and he'll just, yeah he'll just say oh this happened at shawshank and you're like oh my god yeah i figured it out <laughs> um but i do think like that goes into some things that i think were more touched i wish were more touched on in the book even though they're touched on it more in the book than they are in the films or miniseries mm-hmm. um things like uh like race relations and and the time that it is because it is set in the 50s and whatnot mm-hmm. like and then the 30s and that sort of thing. like the the ink spots uh bar being burned down that that has like systemic t- like concepts and themes to talk about that the book wants to tease at but never really yeah, wants to explore n- no yeah it's it's very much like this is what's going on but i'm gonna focus on yes this. and it's not to say that king shies away from the racism oh like, no racism is a huge part of this book yeah but um it sort of shies away from a sort from a sort of um the the nature of racism at the time with say jim crow and and sun and uh, sundown towns and a weird thing about this book it kind of it doesn't flat out say it but it kind of gives the like impression, oh, the people are in Derry are only racist because of yes. it matters. That somehow Pennywise influences them to be more racist than they otherwise would be. Yeah. Which is strange. And which or maybe maybe it's more of a I'm giving it a bit of a benefit of a doubt. Maybe it's more kind of making them release the hate in the in their heart they already have yes that's that's what i was going to say uh the way i always interpreted it was pennywise doesn't like make you feel things it just sort of not enhances but takes away the emphasizes and takes away the inhibitions to voice that kind of stuff a lot like how drugs or alcohol might yeah uh yeah yeah i think i think that's a good because then you got like um the kind of really well maybe he was just like that but the really yeah. strong um <laughs> what's the word i'm looking abuse that's the word i'm looking for uh that um what's her name the girl the girl in the uh, losers club beth. Beth. beth beth i think beth i or starts beverly? with a b beverly yeah uh it, it might actually be Beth. whatever her <laughs> and her dad and yes how abusive he is and, and like the bully um well look i don't think the stephen king bully trope can be given to pennywise himself because that guy pops up quite often well yeah no there there is when you think of a like bully in any time between like the 50s to the 80s 
uh, it's mostly you think of a Stephen King bully. Yes, and that happens through books that aren't connected to. Well, I we'll, we'll get into this a little more. I, I think as we go on, uh, but in books where it shouldn't really uh, matter, it's not connected to magic or anything. Um, like in Stand by Me, they have Stephen King bullies without any magical influence. They're just psychos. Yeah, no, that, that that's fair. Uh, the, a lot of the bullies in Stephen King are just like, oh, yes, I'm an asshole. But what if I take it up a notch to maybe yeah. a, a little bit I, of light stabby? What if I escalated pretty hard into straight up like mutilation and potential yeah. murder? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I suppose now is as good as time to get into it as any. Uh, well, do we want to get into, like we alluded to earlier, the problematic scene in okay we don't need to get into it because i don't feel like getting into it look i don't (laughs) but there's a child if you haven't read it yeah if you haven't read it there's a a scene in stephen king uh in In stephen king's it or the losers club need a i don't want to say come together (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh where they need to become closer and they do that through having sex with each other in the sewers and they're all children if i if i could have one change in that book it's take that bit out please it makes me feel gross yeah <laughs> it, I, like i wish an editor had done the world a favor and just sort of cut that bit out like he, I've heard reasonings for why it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ideas like, oh, it's a self-discovery and and liberation and all of this, all yeah. of that. But it's still weird. It's a weird scene. I'd rather I, it wasn't there. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I I get they need a they need to come they closer and everything, and it's this intimate like action they could take. But you can be intimate without child sex. Also, it, it's a written scenario. They only yeah. that's only the solution to the scenario because it was written that way. Yeah, no. It doesn't need to be written that way. It could be yeah, written no, in literally does. any other way. Um, but yes, that's our if you hadn't heard, which that's look. <laughs> that's our controversial opinion on the problematic <laughs> yes, scene. We here at Atomic and... Android are anti that scene. That's yes. a hard stance you can quote us. I on am that. very glad they left it out of the movie. Oh, yeah. Which, wanna back uh, around to favorite Stephen King. My favorite Stephen King movie. And a lot of people would disagree with me on this, on specifically which one. But I really like It Part 2. I think that's... Oh. It, like, I really love all of the adult actors, especially Bill Hader. Bill I, Hader I, rules. I could watch okay. anything with Bill Hader <laughs> in it for An- ages. Another thing you can quote Atomic Android on is, we love Bill Hader. We, as the kids say, stand Bill Hader. <laughs> watch Barry I, on I, HBO I, I if really, you haven't. Look, I very much doubt it's gonna ha- it's uh, anything like that would happen, but I've been surprised by this sort of thing before. I really hope like... Uh, like a week later like allegations <laughs> oh, against no. bill Hader don't come Knock out or anything wood. yes bill Hader is a good guy and i like to believe that way <laughs> to the best of our knowledge <laughs> he is a good person and we like him as an actor if if something comes out to change that knowledge we will bring up a rebuttal okay <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> but anyways the point is he rules and he rules in that movie he's very good in that movie and I there's something when I watched the first movie I was like oh man I really like these kids and everything but then I go watch the second movie I'm like man these kids kind of suck ass and are annoying I want to see them as adults (laughs) I get that um yeah no I think a lot of people would disagree they prefer the first one oh yeah I, I will say the first one is probably a better film on paper and on the screenplay like it's it's slightly better directed, I think. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't get strange tonal dissonance scenes like 
when Eddie is uh, under the pharmacy or something and he gets vomit <laughs> sprayed on him to the tune. Oh, of, I hate that so much. Yeah. To where the um, Just Call Me Angel, I think, is the song. Yeah, just Call, call me, me Angel, the morning angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets that. He gets vomit sprayed in his face to that scene. And that's the only time that kind of thing happens in the entire film. It's such a yeah, strange look- tonal shift for no reason i never noticed that like before but yeah no you're right it is that that's weird um i the the bit at the end the ending of that really it's pretty lame them just all standing around pennywise going you you suck you you, yeah you're a (laughs) clown like i think someone yells you're just a clown like six times it's like yeah he was he he knows did did he somehow not think he was a clown yeah (laughs) like i get what they're going for the idea being well you can't be afraid of something you're being mean to which i don't think is true yeah you can be mean often at times a lot of like my my fear one of my fear defenses is if i'm being real spooked I'll flip an, on a dime to nuts and angry, like, real quick. And, like, I'm still pretty spooked, but, like, I'm also irrationally angry at that moment. Yeah, and it's, like, somehow that counteracts Pennywise and just makes him powerless. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I do appreciate the willingness to actually go with the, the deadlights that are inside of him, what he actually mm-hmm. is. Um I think that's something that, I, well, the miniseries didn't really tackle. And um, I, something I didn't assume they would tackle because it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit it's, heady. It's a bit um, like uh, high concept for a film ostensibly about a spooky clown. One thing, they, they got real close to it, but they didn't step over that line. Watching that movie, I'm like, are you seriously not going to give me turtle vomits up the universe? Yeah, where's the ritual of dude? I'm here. Well, I mean, they have the ritual. Yeah, too, but not but it's like very it. much different. Like in the book, it's like bite each other's tongues and bullshit and yeah. fucking. <laughs> I'm glad this movie didn't end with Bill fucking macking on Pennywise <laughs> and chomping down on his tongue and shit. <laughs> but like but, learning of the ritual of chewed from the giant turtle. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd like some giant space turtle sprinkled up in there. Um, the giant turtle does come up later, uh, and Pe- Pennywise and the nature of the deadlights also comes up later in the Dark Tower series. Yeah, that's one. Of the, that's one of those things where I'm like, "Fuck, I want to get to this bit," but I had struggled to get to that bit. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think uh, that's one of the things that I do quite like about Stephen King. He does, like we said with the Idiot Detective, sometimes it's a bit obvious, but he does attempt to make his his own cohesive universe which Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think a lot of authors try to do they sort of have one lane and they stick to it whereas stephen king can have you know a whole highway but they all still lead to the same place which i think is is interesting and it's it's, it's good it's i i appreciate it's something to admire about his writing style and uh, and like it is more subtle at times like um well i get i was gonna say something uh and then i'm like "Mm, that's not very subtle (laughs) i think it's in like pet cemetery or something or someone mentions driving through the town of darien bank like getting this vibe where it's like this place is fucked yeah or like in in needful things i think there's a character who is from Mm -hmm. Derry. i think that comes up at least one thing about fucking stephen king and I, I get it's like it's relatable to him, but does he fucking hate Maine? It's like Maine's like no. maybe the worst place to live ever <laughs> in Stephen King's universe. No, he just and he's he's been very clear about this. He he's very much a right yeah, if you no, know no, kind of I, guy. Like that's why the stand takes place a lot of the time around like Denver because that's where he was living at the time. Yeah, but even it. that like. Oh no, that's a stand. I was thinking about the body. I was gonna be like, that's like a fucking a bunch of kids find a dead body over here. It's like fucked clowns and windigo and shit, <laughs> dude. Um, and that's like twenty, like not even like twenty miles away from each other. It's 
fuck space dimension demon clown and Wendigo that will fuck your day. And they're like neighbors. Legit vampires. Oh yeah, yeah legit yeah. fucking vampires. That, that's one thing. That's another one of my flip over for favorite books is Salem's Lot. But their vampires yeah. are really dance on the line of cool yes, interesting I was just, I was just vampires of and to car- cartoonishly yeah, traditional. Yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> It's a strange line to draw, yeah. And, like, a lot of it is, like, really interesting. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the vampire. The, uh, the main vampire. I'm bad with names. The man, I want to <laughs> call him, like, Mr. I want to say Mr. Stand, but I doubt that's what it is. I don't think his name is Mr. Stand. <laughs> Mr. The Stand, <laughs> as he looks into the camera. Coming out next year. Yeah. Um, but the main vampire in that the main vampire uh, he's really cool he's a really intimidating um yeah from memory he has quite yeah the presence I, in the book. I, I need a he I, really steals I, the I, scenes I need to look of up what, what his in. name is that's gonna that's feel gonna free bug me. um yeah what we're talking about like flips for our favorite i said the shining and i do quite like the shining but one that almost doesn't feel right to say is your favorite because it doesn't have the same flavor as the yeah, rest of them. Yeah, and it kind of feels is... like cheating a bit because, like, it's yeah, yeah. Everybody knows The Shining is really good. Yeah, but the film that I really like that doesn't really feel like a Stephen King book. In fact, a lot of people didn't know that it's based on a Stephen King book in general. Is The Shawshank Redemption? Oh yes, that is legitimately one of my favorite films of all time. Like, I can watch it any day at any time. It's genuinely a very beautiful film with like amazing acting. Obviously, Morgan Freeman kills mm-hmm. it. Uh, I forget the, his name, but the actor, Mister Mr. Mr. Barlow, by the way, is the name Mr. Barlow. of the vampire. Um, I I just got reminded of what he looked like in the movie, uh, and when I think of Nosferatu, I think of this guy <laughs> in the movie because he's he's fucked in that movie um i don't remember was that a tv movie uh yeah i think it was like a tv i I think it was a very similar thing to it and yeah pet cemetery and the stand when it first was made it was like people were just like uh, this is where stephen king belongs i get it his books are pretty big Mm. to do for movies and you have a little bit more time to space them out in the miniseries yeah but tv budget mm. yeah probably that, not the that, best choice for that but anyways uh what were yes you the shawshank redemption shawshank. um there are certain parts of that movie that like are genuinely like heartstring pulling like beautiful like there's the scene where andy is in the office and he puts um i thought you were gonna say in the bathroom I'm uh, like, oh, that's a weird no. string to pull where he's in the office and he puts on the record of the two uh, either French or Italian women uh, that's as Morgan Freeman refers to them who do the the opera song and plays it throughout the entire prison and the sequence that follows of listening to that beautiful operatic like music and seeing its effect on the different like and these aren't like a lot of them aren't mainstream big name actors. These are like bit part actors or, or extras who were just like, they needed to fill prison scenes. Mm-hmm. But you see it like a wave pass over them where like, like the music has a genuine effect on them. And that's a testament to like, one, the music and two, the acting ability of even like no name actors. I think, uh, I, I think another thing where that might come from um, is... There's something about uh, a director that when they're even talking to like the no-name actors, if they really have a vision for something and they sit there and explain to you, well, not maybe explain, it, they really make you understand. Get that point across. Yeah. yeah. The emotion you should be feeling right now. You could see that in most, even if it's like, like you said, a no-name actor and everything. Right. You you could see that in like their face because you could see them connecting it to their own emotion, so they're feeling that emotion. Right, and it's a bit of an insult to call somebody a no-name actor. Obviously, yeah. Like, no, we, I, we're, we're not trying to be insulting. 
We're saying you're really good if any of you are listening. <laughs> uh, look, if you are, let me know because that sounds rad. But um, <laughs> just the idea of like, I don't know, it really brings to mind that nobody, because acting isn't a super, unless you're very good at it and just get lucky, it's not a super lucrative job. Mm-hmm. You know, very few people make a living on acting. And, yes. but everybody gets into acting. I think that that kind of means that everybody gets into acting because it's a passion. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why even no-name actors, they're still actors at heart. Even if they're not necessarily good actors, they still want to be good actors and they still have that trip drive and that passion to mm-hmm. be good actors. And that's why I think with the right direction and writing and, and just sort of a perfect storm, they like, like in that scene, they can be very, very powerful. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And that movie is just really good oh that Uh, movie there's there's a reason it's been referenced and parodied and lives on far beyond the reach of just that movie and oh yeah and there's a reason it even stands above other stephen king properties like maybe not in popularity like in in notoriety but definitely like critical acclaim and whatnot because it's genuinely first something you can say oh that's a good movie as opposed to like oh that's a good this kind of movie yeah, or a good this kind it's of not, movie it's not a good i mean the shinings a lot in the same way it's not a good stephen king movie or it's not a good um like prison movie prison movie it's or a good horror. movie yeah. it's genuinely an amazing movie yeah um and story's really good too uh one story uh, that I talked about earlier uh, that swaps for one of my favorites is um, Pet Cemetery, and that one it's not the monster or whatever I love because like I I really enjoy Wendigos; they're one of my favorite monsters. But that's not really like yeah uh, the Wendigo thing like a lot of the Wendigo has to deal with like cannibalism yeah and and, uh, metaphors for the winter and the cold and being of like a a Native American nature mm -hmm. where I don't think in in Pet Cemetery really gets into a lot of that yeah but so it's not even like the monster I will say um for astute listeners, uh, especially if you've heard the episode three with Jackson this is not the first time we brought up our enjoyment of Wendigos Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's not like the monster or the town or even even really the characters in that book. It's the it's how heavy of a presence he makes the concept of death in that yes. book. And you can reading that book, it's a like and watching the movie or what experiencing that story is a very different experience from before you've experienced death around you to after it yes that's a and, great point and it's 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 powerful is what it, it definitely can be for. yeah it's, it it the atmosphere of that book is palpable like mm-hmm. when reading it or if it's a good adaptation of it it seems to almost radiate off the page or screen and envelop like even your own room or wherever you're watching it. It is like omnipresent. And I think that's great. It's, yeah, it's a great book for that. It, it's so good. And it, it pulls so much emotion from you. Yes. Like if you've lost even, even like at the beginning when uh, the pet dies church or when Jude, uh, what's Judd? Yeah, Judd talks about him losing his dog and everything. Uh, it even the loss of a pet, even if it's not right. a family, even, even the really... relatively, and I, I use the word relatively, um, lesser uh, sorrow from losing a pet as opposed to a family member, which obviously there's some subjectiveness to that too. But yeah. even with just that, if it is a minor thing is still very powerful yeah no it it is and like that i'm now i'm like man do i want to go back and read that like <laughs> like because i'm like oh man i really want to read that book again but not too long ago i just lost my dog 
Yeah, like, it might actually gonna, be too powerful yeah, for I, you I'm right like, now. I'm like, that book's gonna make me really sad if I go and yeah. read it again. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, that that just means no, it's good. No, it, it, but, it's, it's good. But not but everybody I, wants like, to be I, very do sad. Do I want to be sad at yeah. this moment? Yeah. Oh. So maybe I'll just go back to Salem's Lot or <laughs> it or... What are the what other, other ones? ones? Dark Tower? The Dark Tower. You could try to slam through those. I'm going to get through them one of these days. I, I know I I want to get through. <laughs> Look, it's not easy, but it, from what I've heard, it's worth it. Yeah, no, it seems like it. <laughs> that, or, it, it seems like the fucking end game of Stephen King. It essentially just is, yeah. Yeah, where you're like, this is where everything was leading. It's You've gotten your, your toy where... box full of toys and you've dumped them all out on the floor. <laughs> And you're gonna just play with every single one. Yeah, I hear there. I hear Doom bots make an appearance at some <laughs> points, and I am so fucking excited for fucking Doctor Doom Doom bots to be like, just pop up. They're like, we're here too. Uh, all right. Uh, I think we've covered Stephen King in uh, quite a bit yeah, of detail. I, I think that's gonna just about do us for today. I think that's all the time we have today. Um, and before we go, we're going to do uh, a few. Yeah, we just wanted to make sure all of you know, uh, we have our Instagram, which uh, you could follow there. We post about whenever a new episode is on, but you're all like, you probably would know if you're listening to it. Um, but we could, that's a good place to uh, post information about the podcast like updates and whatnot uh same thing with our twitter oh our instagram is atomic android 2020 yeah uh and then our twitter is similar we post when we have new episodes uh we also post like uh, something sometimes we do this on instagram too little previews of if we have like important guests on um or we'll do uh uh, sort of Q and A's, I think, is something we would want to do in the future. Oh yeah, no, but obviously we need cues. Or yeah, no, we do. And I'd also uh, like to know, like, if any of you guys got like an idea for a new episode or whatever, that'd be a good place to let us know. Uh, we also have uh, email uh, set up. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, our Twitter is at Atomic Androids with an S. Yeah, someone scooped in and swindled it from us beforehand. Uh, we got the uh, email. If you want to email us straight, that's probably a good way to get like a direct message. Uh, the atomic email at gmail.com. Yeah, that's us. Um, uh, and we, no promises, of, but we're looking to post these episodes and some other content onto YouTube. So uh, if this, maybe it's up now by this episode, at least our backlog of episodes uh hopefully that's going yeah and Uh, other content too like uh we're thinking of doing like um let's or i really want to do like let's plays of uh, old ps2 games i really liked as a kid yeah uh, Uh, we're gonna set that up and hopefully by the time you're hearing this it is set up and well, can, well, probably not the let's play the youtube hopefully the youtube's yes, at least the up. youtube is set up and we will do other things with wait, it wait, what's the youtube called uh, the atomic androids uh the atomic android no s this time no uh, s this time we're on youtube there you can look us up at uh, youtube.com slash the atomic android um and i think that's yeah everything. i think that's everything uh if you are listening to us on itunes Feel free to leave us oh, a yes. uh, review. That that really does help us out quite a bit. Um, oh, oh, one place uh, I wanted to shout out was uh, we we've got a good handful of listeners in where, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we got uh, seeing our analytics. We have a decent number of listeners in Pennsylvania, and we just wanted to take this moment to shout you guys out. Thanks for hey, listening. If you're from Pennsylvania. You, only if you're from pennsylvania yeah anybody else is, from anywhere everybody else, everybody you. else turn off your podcast this is for pennsylvanians only hey pennsylvanians thank you we appreciate yeah, it's you. just you and us uh we can get a little more intimate with this like i really appreciate you guys 
Like, yeah. Thanks for that Revolutionary War too. That was cool. oh, that was nice. That was that, I Paul Revere. He's that. all right. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think that everybody else who came back, you're cool too. This today was just for Pennsylvania. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Everybody who still continued listening and isn't from Pennsylvania, hey, what's up? You guys are the cool rebels. I'm. Let's hang out sometime. <laughs> Not for me. Thanks. <laughs> Adam likes rules. I enjoy rules. Uh, and but that's all the time we have. Let's for... follow our own rules and end our show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Anyway. It's stuff like it's places like this where I tend to take uh, end card funny jokes yeah can you shut the fuck up so you don't do that this time (laughs) all right anyways i might take that bit and turn it into the (laughs) hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.